If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Can you believe we're this deep into the NFL season? We got to make every second count. With DraftKings Sportsbook, you can make the most out of every game day. Bet on your favorite teams for a shot at winning big bucks. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting five on any matchup. Get in on the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the app now. Use code SHANNON. New customers can score 150 instantly in bonus bets for betting just five bucks on the NFL. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code SHANNON. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877 Hope NY or text Hope NY to 467-369. In West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, must be 21 or older in most eligible states but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash basketball terms. LeBron James is the oldest player in the NBA. 1B. Kobe 1A. <laughs> 1B. All my life. Been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle paid the price, wanna slice, got to roll the dice, that's why all my life, I've been grinding all my life, yeah. all my life, been grinding all my life, sacrifice, hustle paid the price, wanna slice, got to roll the dice, that's why all my life, I've been grinding all my life. Hello, welcome to another edition of Club Shay Shay. I am your host, Shannon Sharp. I'm also the proprietor of Club Shay Shay, and the guy that's stopping by for conversation and a drink, a drink today is an 18 time, is an 18 year NBA vet. He's a champion of the 2009 Lakers. He's top 30 all time in steals. One of the original 3 and D guys, a UCLA alum, 
a part of the 2004 Pac-10 All-Freshman Team, 2003 Mr. California Basketball, California High School State Champion. He's L.A. through and through, Trevor Reason. Trev, what's up, bro? How you Thanks doing? for joining us. Appreciate it. Thanks How you been, me. man? Man, I've been chilling, man. <laughs> chilling. So, a guy that plays 18 years in, in the NBA, obviously you're used to having a schedule. And yeah. if I'm not mistaken, this is probably your first year out. So, what does an 18-year veteran do now to fill the time that he normally would be doing playing basketball? Man, that's crazy because as I was getting closer and closer and closer to the end of my career, that's what my friends that had retired, you know, years pri- prior to me was telling me, like, you get a lot of free time. So um, I had kind of a guy to, to learn how to, you know, manage my time. Right. So spending more time with my children, I was able to do that. Um, and I have a couple of other, like, projects that I was able to to invest my time into. So, you know, going back and forth to the islands, um, and putting the majority of my time in with my three children is, right. has been uh, where most of my time was going to. Do you miss it? Do I miss it? Not, not really. <laughs> I don't really miss it because, you know, every day I'm with my son and he's he's in the gym a lot. So right. I, I don't have the the like I'm not like starving to go back out there on the court and go play. Was because like as you started to get older, your body kind of started to break down. You started to get injuries, and when you start to get injured, it's hard to sum it up because you spend more time rehabbing than you do training. Right. And what you want to do is that you know the time is nearing the end. Mm-hmm. You just want to play basketball, and you're not playing. You're in the training room, or you're getting surgeries, or you're doing all of this. Right. Did that start to wear on you mentally? Uh, mentally, um, yeah, I think I had a bone spur in my in my right foot, and just trying to get back into the groove, being like the age that I was at, it wasn't comfortable. You right. Know, it, it was it was agony, it, was, it wasn't fun no more. So um, my mind is telling me I can do certain things, but my body isn't allowing me to do the things. <laughs> isn't responding. That's, that's when I knew it was like, all right, you know, it's time to go sit down, save some legs for, for, uh, for, for you your saw? jits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> save some legs for your jits. So. You mentioned you had a son, yeah. and, he's fo- and I see where he's following in your footsteps. Uh, has offers from UCLA, USC, Washington. How tall is he and how good is he? Uh, he's 6'8 right now. Wow. So we around the same height. Right. And how good he is, he has uh, unbelievable talent. He's ultra, ultra, ultra talented. Um, he bouncy? Can, he's pretty bouncy. He's getting at, more athletic mm-hmm. as he as he gets uh as he gets in the weight room a little bit more, mm-hmm. he's still young, really young. He's still only 15 years old. Wow. So, you know, he's um, he's learning how to uh, to to work on his game. He's learning how to love or fall in love with the process of of the things that you might not like to do when you know you are pursuing a dream. When when you were playing, how locked in was he to what you were doing? And he's like, did you think that like you know what? might want to follow what dad does or do you like okay i'm gonna let him choose whatever he wants to do i'm just gonna support him either way yeah no that, that's never been my thing to, to push anybody to do anything okay they kind of gotta want to do it for themselves mm-hmm. because to play or to do something at an extremely high level can't nobody do that for you you gotta want to do that on your own right so i kind of just allow him to you know play with it a little bit until he came to me and was like yo dad I, this is serious you know right. i really 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 want to do this and then you know, with the experience that I have, uh, I was able to kind of show him some of the steps that he needs to take 
and how hard it actually was going to be right. and the sacrifices that you was going to have to give up to, to achieve the things that you want. Mm-hmm. So you and I were talking earlier off cam- uh, uh, camera and you said like where SoFi was, that's where you used to play football. Yeah. So obviously you play football, you play basketball. Has he done anything other than play basketball? Oh uh, yeah, he played football at the same park. Okay, wow. Yeah, yeah he played baseball. Um, he he's he's a really good athlete, smart kid. He does he could do a little bit of everything. So you one of these dads that believe that a child should be, do multiple things instead of just specializing in one thing? Because we see a lot of kids, all they do is play football, right. all they do is play basketball, all they do is play baseball. You believe it. it Playing multiple sports make the kid more well-rounded. Oh uh, yeah, it definitely does. I was a, a kid that played m- multiple sports. My favorite sport coming up was football. <laughs> you know, I I, I, I just love the contact. Okay, you know, I like to hit. I like to to score touchdowns and all that stuff. Right. But I end up outgrowing it. Right, I got too tall. I thought. And, and my frame, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get you. my frame didn't allow for me to to continue down that path. Right. So, you know. So more sports was good. You said he's 15, 6, 8, about your same height. A game of one-on-one, we play into 11. Who win it? I'm going to kick his ass. <laughs> I'm you can't let up. it beat y'all trail. Nah, hell no. Nah. <laughs> That's out. <laughs> so at 15, let's go back. You at 15, your son at 15. Who's better at this age? He has more skill, for sure. Right. Because he has someone teaching him as opposed to you. I just I just think as time goes on, you evolve. Evolution. Yeah, right. And when I was coming up, you know, th- this the game or the skill was completely different. Right. You had to actually be a dog. Right. And um, I feel like that's where I'm going to kick his ass on. I'm going I'm to I'm dog his you ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we, we, because you were a three and D guy, you were a guy that could shoot the three, but you're mainly known for your defensive yeah. uh, prowess. So how, what are you trying to instill in your son? Because a lot of these kids I see now, they focusing on the offensive end because that's where you get the glory. That's where you get the limelight. Right. So are you trying to like, look, son, you got to play both ends of the court. You just can't. Yeah, well, he's he's a competitor on his own. You know, right. He don't really like to lose. Um, so anytime he has a challenge or if he is playing against uh, another one of the top players, he takes that challenge on his own. Right. It's not even something that, you know, I got to instill in him. He he has that on his own. That's natural. That comes natural to him. You said your son is, uh, you know, we talked about evolution. What's the biggest difference that you see with kids in the game of basketball today as when you were that same age in the game of basketball? Uh. Again, there is so the era is more social, you know, it's it's social, but it's not social. Right. And what I mean by that is Internet social instead of like personal yes, social. Yes. So like they people are texting and not con- not exactly. actually talking. Right. So you miss that kind of, you know, connection, connection, going outside and playing with the homies all day, riding your bike to the park or riding your bike to, you know, whatever school that's close to get to the gym. <clears throat> they not really getting that. You know, we driving them everywhere. They in the gym. They got trainers. You know, they doing. It's more like a business than it was just you know for the love. Right. And that's the biggest difference. I'm looking looking at you and uh, your son played against LeBron's son, Bronny, um, Gilbert Arena's son, Master P's son. You uh, were an ex professional athlete. What what? How did you? How do you tell your son how to approach it when he's playing against other celebrity kids? I don't think it's a difference, man. You treat everybody the same. You treat people with respect, but you still got to try to break their fucking neck on the court. (laughs) I mean, 
it's that's what it is. It's right. competition, and you want to impose your will on the next player. Like you may be cool, y'all might be like friendly or friends or whatever right. the case may be, but on the court, it's no friends. Right? How how strange is it to see your son playing against LeBron James Jr. Mm-hmm. Considering you played against LeBron James Sr. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it, it's it's crazy. It's really full circle, you know, and. That's the beauty about sports mm-hmm. and like, you know, having offspring, you get to uh, actually watch them. It's almost like playing a video game. Mm-hmm. So the things that you may have done, then you can kind of like, you know, say, hey, yo, look, do it. Try to do it this way or, or think about it like mm-hmm. this. So you get a second chance at uh, reliving uh, moments in this type of space right here. Right. So <laughs> what type of parent are you? Are you kind of like, you know, I, I think now in the social media area, we get a uh, era, we get LeVar Ball or although there was no social media, are you more like Dale Curry? Because Dale just sit back, fold his arm, watch Steph, watch his son, watch, do, do what they do. Mm. Bar was telling you, mellow like this, jello like this, Zoe like this, all my boys like this. Mm-hmm. They go to one team, guaranteed championships, <laughs> multiple. What, what type what type of what type of dad is Trevor Reza? The type of dad that I am is the only person that is responsible for the success is him. Right. I don't have to go out and brag to a whole bunch of motherfuckers. I'm not on that. So like everything that I try to do is I try to instill in my son what he has to do. So it's not going to be like, you know, I'm not going to project my like what I see in him right. on people. He's going to have to do that on his own with his game. You know, I'm just going to feed it to him. Mm-hmm. That's that's the type of parent I am. Why did you think at 15 years of age he needed the NIL deal? <laughs> uh, that's that's kind of how can I say this? Uh, he's young. Mm-hmm. He's really young. And to me, um, it's a bit early. Mm-hmm. But in this day and age, you know, you never really, you never really could like say what's too early and what's not early. Right. Um, the good thing for him is, you know, he gets an opportunity to see what it is, see what he likes, see what he don't like. And uh, he's so young that he can still make decisions to to do whatever he wants to do. How receptive is he to your coaching? Because a lot of times you still his dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're an ex basketball player, but you his dad. Yeah. And it seems sometimes I know when I had my son, he seemed to be a little bit more receptive to somebody else telling him what he needed to do as opposed to me because he could not see all he saw was his dad mm-hmm. who was trying to tell him something and if somebody else told him the same thing like oh, okay I get it now no it's the same thing <laughs> <laughs> that's universal man right. I don't think that changes for anybody but um, the one thing that I do notice is that when he sees like what I do tell him he right. comes back to me and is like alright okay. dad you was right <laughs> you was right about that dad right and I just look at him and I kind of laugh laugh at him right <laughs> I'm looking at California basketball, California, because I had, I had, hold on, I had on, DeMar DeRozan. Mm. And I said, well, who you got, California basketball or New York basketball? Mm-hmm. Who I got? Yeah. I'm, I'm homegrown, bro. I'm, I'm always <laughs> going to be loyal to the soil. I don't know. I'm looking at, I'm looking at, okay, Kareem, they got, I mean, New York got Kareem, Michael, Jordan, Melo, Ron Artest, Dr. J, Stephon Marbury, Lamar Odom. 
You guys got Bill Walton, Reggie Miller, Jason Kidd, Ray Allen, Gary Payton, Paul Pierce, Kawhi, Clay, Dame, James Harden. I mean, as far as volume, y'all got them. Killers. But man, I think Kareem, Kareem and Jordan alone gonna take out like 14 of you guys. <laughs> so now it comes down to Dr. J. What y'all gonna do with Melo and Dr. J? Man, Melo is tough. Melo probably like up there in like the three. The top three yeah, in New York, yeah, huh? Yeah, yeah. But you know, like on a whole, I think we just got way more killers than them. Yeah. Let's talk about the Clippers situation. Recently they acquired James Harden. Mm -hmm. So now you pair James Harden with Russ. Who's play, who Russ was playing extremely well, and he's been playing well since he got to the Clippers yeah. last year. You got Kawhi, you got PG. Do you think they needed James Harden, and what's going on? Why hasn't that been able to mesh so far? Uh, so in basketball or in team sports, as you know, chemistry is the biggest thing that you have to overcome. Right. James didn't go through training camp with them, mm -hmm. so he didn't get a chance to, like, to even – get acclimated to what they're doing. Um, it's going to take a while for them to figure out what they're doing, period. You know, they've been going through injuries throughout their seasons with having PG and, and Kawhi already. So um, hopefully this year, somewhere 20 games, they'll get a chance to mesh together and figure it out. Does someone need to come off the bench? Can all four of those guys start? The th <laughs> uh, no, nah, they can't really. <laughs> I mean, that's just the reality of right. shit. It's not an all-star game. Right. You know? So uh, what they got to figure out is how, who, and what, who's going to have the ball. Right. Um, who's going to play a role. Right. Who's going to sacrifice. Right. And, you know. Well, how hard is it? Because James Harden has been an MVP. Mm -hmm. Russell Westbrook has been an MVP. Mm -hmm. Kawhi Leonard is a two-time finals MVP. Mm -hmm. Paul George has been an all-NBA player. So you try to bring all these personalities together. And like you said, Russ and James need the ball. Mm -hmm. Now, who's going to have the ball late in the ball game? Good thing I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> that's, but that's the question that they have to figure out as a team. Like, the, for 10 games, do I have the ball? Or does James have the ball? Right. For 10 games, do Russ have the ball? Does right. Kawhi have the ball? Does PG have the ball? Like, how do you figure that out? Right. That's, that's kind of like, I guess... As a team, who's going to impose their will? Right. Like who's going to be the the dominant player to be like, nah, let me see, because I'm going to will us to this. But that don't seem like Kawhi's personality. Now, I could be wrong. You've played against him. But when I look at him from a distance, he doesn't seem like a guy that's going to call a team meeting and say, hey, this is what needs to effing happen. Mm -hmm. He doesn't seem the guy that's going to bring the, bring the huddle together and says, guys, look, we're going to run this right here. You're going to get me the ball right there, mm -hmm. and I'm going to go make he doesn't strike me. And I could be wrong. Like I said, I'm just looking at it from a distance. He doesn't strike me as that. That seemed more like a Russ mm -hmm. to say, okay, this is what we're going to do as opposed to anyone else. What do you, you know him. You played against him for decades. Mm -hmm. Who is like that? Let me see. Um, I will have to say Russ probably is more of like an alpha when I look at that group. But again, that might not necessarily be true. Um, knowing Kawhi, I know he's a he is a dog, like mm -hmm. in every aspect of the word. So um, they got to figure that shit out. I'm just happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Happy you're not on the team, having to try to figure it out along with him. Yeah, for sure. So when you heard Harden says, "I'm not a system player. I'm the system. I'm a system." Considering 
that you're not going to be the James Harden that was in Houston because you got three other all-stars with you. And you're not, I don't believe he's that same player because I think some of his athleticism has waned. And like you said, he didn't get a training camp, so he's not in the peak condition to be able to get by people. Kawhi ain't finna let you, Kawhi ain't finna stand around and let you be a, the system. Mm -hmm. PG ain't gonna stand around and let you be the system. So how does James change his way of thinking in order to make this thing work? Uh, well, I think that's up to them to them players. If he's coming in with that mentality, it's up for them to change it. Okay. Like if if I'm going into a situation and I've been the guy like my whole career and my whole time. Right. Only way I'm changing it is somebody make me change it. Right. And if that's you know the stance he's going to take, it's up for that team to figure out how they're going to get him to come into whatever they're doing to to switch that up. If not, they're going to have a problem. You know what? You're the perfect person. That I got you here. You played with James Harden in Houston. Yeah. What's he like in the locker room? Because we hear these stories. Staying over late in a city, going to Vegas in off days. What's James Harden like? James, what I guess what people don't know is James will work his ass off. Like, after practice, he's running sprints. Uh, before practice, he's shooting. He's getting his treatment. He's lifting weights after games. Uh, what he doing in his personal life and his personal business, that's that's up to him. Like right. nobody should give a fuck about that. It's you cool with that. So you cool if he like off time <laughs> he's heading to Vegas or you know, cause you know, you see like I mean, from the videos, now you like I said, that social media gets you in trouble, but mm -hmm. cause they put everything on social media. Right. He in the club, he popping bottles, he got them honeys around him. Is that conducive for winning a championship? Um because at the end of the day, for him, that's the only thing that's left to prove. He's done proven that he's one of the best players. He's a top 75 player. Where you want to rank him as far as two guards, obviously the two top spots belong to Jordan and Kobe. Yeah. So if you want to say he's better than Wade, a lot of people are going to fight you on that and say Wade is the third best because Wade got championships and yada, yada, yada. So, yeah. But he's a top whatever you want to say. Only thing left is a championship. Mm -hmm. Can you win? Should he? Like, you know what, guys? I done got this party in. I'm going to be able to get that party in again. Let me go on and get this championship. Let me focus on this. I'm going to give up the strip club. I mean, I know that hard. Cause, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I'm going to give up some of the, like you said, you told your son, he's got to sacrifice. What's it worth to you? Yeah. Um, some people, I guess, some vices work for people, you know, and trying to. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. 
Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Change a player's game in the ninth inning, that's not going to help nobody. Right. Right. So, you know, however he decides to live his life, when, if, if it comes a time where he feels like he wants to make a change, that's on him. Right. And, like, everybody's going to have an opinion. So the idea for us as athletes, fuck everybody else's opinion right. on what I got to do. As long as I'm doing what I need to do and helping myself or helping my team doing the things that I've been doing, I can't really listen to what anybody else has to say. The peanut gallery is always going to be that. Right. How difficult is it for a player to change his off-court behavior when he's had success Mm -hmm. doing it that way basically his entire career? It's going to be tough. (laughs) It's hard. (laughs) You got to get humbled in a way. Right. You know, and a lot of the times when people uh, stumble across things that humble them, they start to look for ways to change and to fix things. What? I mean, he goes to Houston. He had individual success, and he had some great players. He had Chris Paul. Yeah. He had Dwight Howard. He had, okay, it didn't work there. Well, I want out. For whatever reason, I don't know the reason, but he wanted out. He goes to Brooklyn. He has KD. He has Kyrie. It doesn't work for whatever reason. I don't know the reasons. He goes to Philly. He has arguably this, I think Jokic is the best player in basketball. Let alone big, I think he's the best player. He probably, he up, Jokic is one of the best, but I feel like right now, Anthony Edwards is the best player right now. Yeah. Anthony on Edwards. On his team? Anthony Edwards is a fucking dog. He's the best player anybody. on the, you mean to tell me he's the best player on the, on, on the Timberwolves? Yeah, no, I, I agree I with that. I feel like he's the best player in the league right now. He's my favorite player in the league right now, okay. man. How about that? Why, why did it, why did it work at those places for James? Think about what you, KD is a top is an all 75 player. Chris Paul is an all 75 player. I think I believe for me personally, I think Dwight Howard should have been on, on the 75th anniversary team. I agree. Why didn't it work? I mean, it don't work for everybody all the time. A lot of people don't win. And the team that we had in Houston was a really good fucking team. Right. We just ran into the best team of the decade at the time. Right. You know, so You had them down three, two, trap. Yeah. And then one of the Top 75 players, <laughs> first ballot Hall of Famers got hurt. Right. You know, and, you know, it, it, you, we, I don't know, shit on the money. <laughs> <laughs> there was a situation when, when Chris Paul and James Harden, they were in Houston, there was a timeout. And Chris was trying, I guess Chris was trying to tell him something, and, and, and James Harden slapped his hand. You were in the, so what, what's going through your mind when you see that happen? <clears throat> What's going? Let me see. I got to think back to the play. When was that? Do you know? I wasn't in the playoffs. 
Yeah. Okay. So probably in a playoff situation, uh, Chris is a communicator through all things. Right. James isn't much of a communicator. Uh, so I think with Chris being more of a communicator and James more of an art, I get it. You know, let's yeah. move on. I think um, in a situation like that, it's just two differences of, of opinions right. on how shit should go. How was your interactions with J- Daryl Morey? Daryl. Uh, Daryl is, I guess, a businessman. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not a bad dude. He's just, you know, he is a businessman and he's going to do what's best for the business at all times. Because if you think about it, he gave James Harden the max when I'm not so sure a lot of other teams would have been willing to give a sixth man the max and gave up, you know, gave up, you know, compensation to get him. I don't think he got the max when he when they when they got him. Well, he got the max for what he could get. Yeah. Yeah. And so now Darren Mars in Houston, I mean, he builds everything around James. James is cooking, wins MVP, yada, yada, yada. Going to All-Star, he's All-NBA. He's making a name for himself. People, like said, he might be a better scorer than Jordan. He might be a better score, uh, scorer than Kobe. Um, he goes to, you know, Philly. You know, he's like, I want him in Philly, and they bring him to Philly. What happened? How did it sour between <clears throat> Darren Murray and, and, and Harden? Uh, but that situation, you know, I don't never really speak on other people's situation like that. So I don't really know. But what I do know is getting the max, he earned that. Right. However many times he got it, he earned that. Right. Um, And I know for the time that he was the MVP or scoring all the points, he earned the league and those teams he played for a shit ton of money. Mm -hmm. And this is a business. Right. So and as far as like the business aspect, he checked that box off when it comes to doing what he needed to do. Um, us as competitors and athletes, the thing that he hasn't done is win a championship, but every great player don't win all the time. Right. So we got to kind of not really, I mean, we can judge him on that. Right. But is it really, really, really fair to judge an individual on if they going to win a championship if it's a team sport? Right. So my, my, my thing to you, as you start to get older, you realize that you have less time. Mm-hmm. Should he have gave, given money back to Philly? Fuck no. <laughs> what? Man, there's no such thing as giving money back. Right. No, because they're not. When they take it from us, when they find us, they don't give it back. Right. So no. And see, I, and I think that might be the crooks because you know, hey, if you take less money, we'll be able to get this player. But you taking money from a mil, a, 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 a millionaire, but a billionaire got it. Not even that. It's not his job to fix or work through the salary right. cap. Right. It's the general manager and that franchise's job to figure out the best way to work and construct that team right. through the through the salary cap. And if you decide to give a player the max, it's not his job to give money back. No, you ain't no money. Nah, fuck no. no. Let me ask you this. You've been a part of culture. We hear the, the term culture or the heat culture, or the patriot way and this and the that. Being a part of a winning culture and a losing culture, what's the biggest difference? Habits, um, things that people are going to accept, your team holding you accountable, your teammates holding you accountable. That's number one. Mm-hmm. If your teammates don't hold you accountable, then, you know, you don't really, you're going you're gonna to be a bad organization. If you don't have no vets, you're going to be 
a shitty organization. So why are teams so willing to get rid of vets? Because I've heard a lot of people, not not just basketball, but in football also, the older guys that's trying to kind of showing the younger guys how and how not to do things. Mm-hmm. So why are teams and franchises so willing to move on from vets and have, oh, we got eight guys that's under the age of 20? Probably because they're cheaper. I mean, it's a business, right? At yeah. the end of the day, and your bottom line is what's important. Now, this is just my thought process. Okay. It, it, ain't, it might not be you know, what it is, but I would think that's, that's the reason. Whose responsibility is it to create that culture? Is it the star player? Is it the coach? Is it the general manager? Is it the franchise? Whose responsibility is that? I think the responsibility is the organization's led through the coach, through your vets. That's, I think, the pecking order it should be in. But I, I definitely believe that the fact that there's not a lot of vets in the league anymore mm-hmm. and throughout whatever all sports, I think that kind of helps bad teams stay bad. Right. How discipline, you know, you hear that. Now, I don't believe any successful per. I don't believe you can be successful without discipline. Fact. Which requires you to do your very best when no one else is watching. So how hard is it to be disciplined, hold people accountable while still having fun? Uh, being able to put everything in the, in the right place, uh, compartmentalize, yes. they call it. Yeah. Um, understand there's a time and a place for everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you, when you uh, commit to something, that's first and foremost. Um, you're going to have fun doing what you're doing. If you love what you're doing, right. it's going to be fun. Yeah. So, Playing basketball should be fun because that's, that's what you wanted to do stuff. your entire life. Exactly. So <clears throat> everything else is extra. You played with Kobe. Yeah. One of the most disciplined mofos, rest his soul. Yeah. One of the most disciplined. The most important thing was basketball. It was no BS. And if you were, were going to help Kobe win no championship, if he saw you, bro, it drove him crazy. Yeah. He probably wouldn't talk to you if he didn't feel like he was on the path that he was on. And, you know, I understand that because like-minded people usually connect, you know, so. Did you understand it at the time or as you moved away from it? I understood, I understood it before the time. Right. You know, I, I, I come from a winning program, right. high school. You know, my, my friends, the people that I played high school basketball, we held each other accountable. Right. And through holding each other accountable, we all, you know, end up going Division One. So I understood that uh, from a young age. How was Kobe able to build a championship locker room? Because I'm looking, you played with Harden, you played mm-hmm. with Chris Paul, you played with LeBron, you played with Kobe. You played with a lot of guys that's on that set. What's the biggest difference between Kobe and all the guys that I named? What? Because everybody want to know, okay, what's the difference between LeBron and Kobe? So let's let's go with just LeBron and Kobe. What was the biggest difference between them? Uh, I think Kobe is more of a I don't give a fuck if you like it. <laughs> if you like me, this is how we're doing it. I think Bron kind of is more <clears throat> conscious of, uh, like, what's going on. You know, he's more of, you know, he's, he's more like he's cooler with more people right. than Kobe was. Kobe don't give a fuck if you like him or not. <laughs> That's just the truth. Kobe, he was just that close, cold-blooded. Kobe come in like, hey, y'all, we, we, we working today. Y'all, yeah. like, well, F y'all. Yeah, that's, I don't care. So, when 
And everybody tells the story like they lose a game and Kobe like, man, take my shoes off. Y'all sorry, mofos don't need to have my stuff on. Yeah, no, that's I didn't I didn't experience that, Kobe. Right. You know, our team wasn't like that team or the teams that he had where he talked to them that way. Right. You know, we were, you had a more veteran ball club because it was you and Powell, Kobe, yeah. Andrew Biden was kind of the young guy. Fish was and uh, uh, Fish was still there. When I was I was twenty two at the time, so okay. I was a younger player. Right. Um. But my mentality never was one of a younger player. I always had the I'm a, I have to go get you it. You had a vet mentality. Yeah, yeah I had a I'm I, I'm on the same thing y'all on. So right. um, my mentality was a mentality was a bit different. So how was it in practice? You you got to guard. You know, obviously you going against Kobe. Yeah. You know he gonna bring it, mm-hmm. and you know you got to bring it because he gonna try to embarrass you, and you're not trying to be embarrassed. No, absolutely not. And I think that's how we start that's why our relationship was so what it was because i'm not i don't care who you are i don't give a fuck about none of that <laughs> right. i'm gonna compete because i'm a competitor right and i want to beat you just like how you want to beat me right and i think he understood that how was it becoming his teammate because you you guys competed against each other for a number of years yeah. he dropped 40 on you you rookie my rookie year yeah. <laughs> I, I, and you know what's crazy about <laughs> Uh, Larry Brown had this thing where every player that whatever city we go to, right. he was going to start you if you're in your home city. Okay. And he started me. <laughs> After probably sitting me like 10 games. Right. So, yeah, I wasn't ready for that one. Right. Yeah, but, you know, he did. Uh, did he let you know about it? Who being? Kobe. Nah, he never. He Nah, he didn't really. On the court, he was he was fucking destroying me. Yeah, of yeah. course. But but I'm saying once you came to the Lakers, no. he like Trev. You remember that forty piece I nah, dropped on uh, you? He f- dropped forty on so many people that he probably <laughs> he didn't even remember that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His only thing was, what are you gonna do to help us right. win? Were you on the Lakers when Kobe demanded the trade? Nah, that's before my. That's time. before your time. Yeah. How different do you think Kobe legacy would have been had he been traded? Because I think the thing that's so fascinating mm-hmm. is that he played 20 years mm-hmm. with the same team. Right. Uh, I think it would have been a little bit different just because, I mean, I don't know where he demanded a trade to. Um, Seemed like he wanted to go to Chicago. Chicago. Yeah, I don't think it would have been the same thing. Right. It would have been different. He, he would have been in the shadow of Mike, Mike you yeah. know, and I don't think he's a person who uh, deserves a shadow. Right. You know, he's his own shadow. How... How demanding was Kobe to win a ring without Shaq? I think he he he. That's something that he it wanted to. Him. It drove him fucking <laughs> sleepless nights. Right. I could probably say that he wanted to prove that you know he was who he thought he was. Lamar Odom said that had you played against the Celtics, y'all would have beat him. I would I would like to agree with him with that. So when when you lose, cause I mean that was the series and that you guys had that that big they had that big league. I think it was game we three. Was up game. Tw- we was up twenty two. Yeah. Yeah, and then they came back. Uh, and I remember the thing that I remember Ray Allen just getting to the can and just reverse lit. Oh my God, that sh- that would that took all the momentum out of uh, Staples. That yeah, at the time. So right. from that point on, they just that that gave them the utmost confidence and you know they took the series after that but how how is it how does a young player gain the respect of the veteran players in the locker room the work ethic 
the things that you do every single day to prepare for your opportunity. <clears throat> like I broke my foot um, earlier in that season and Kobe would meet me there at the gym. You know, he wouldn't beat me there. He would meet me there, you know, going through my thing, doing my shit. So like seeing that time after time after time after time, you know, he understood that my mission was the same as his mission. You know, I, I'm a winner just like how, how he wants to, or how he is. And, you know, when you see things or people that are like-minded, you gravitate towards those things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we are like-minded people. Right. Did he ever say anything vocally, verbally about, man, look, bro, I got to get that championship. Man, Shaq done got one, went to Miami, done got, him a, done got him a chip, and he done got one without me, and he up there, you know, he done writing diss tracks, he talking <laughs> if. I mean, did, was he ever verbal about that, or you can just tell the way he practiced, the way he moved, mm -hmm. that that was very, very important? Well, sometimes he would come in practice just aggravated, you know, wouldn't say shit to nobody, and you can tell, like, in, like, his demeanor that, those things was ticking him off, you know? Like he wanted it bad. Right. He wanted it real bad. And uh, I'm not sure if it was a competition between him and Shaq. If it was, I wouldn't have known because he never like spoke bad about him, about mm -hmm. Big Fella at all. But I know that his drive was always to be the best. He probably, you know, that's why he wore number 24 because he wanted to be better. One better than Yeah, you know, yeah. so. Because 8 to 24 really doesn't make any sense. No sense at all. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So you had Phil Jackson. What was playing for Phil like? Um, playing for PJ was dope because it wasn't, we had a system in place. Right. So it wasn't really like he had to come up with like crazy schemes inside that system. He just had to be able to manage personalities. And I think that's where he was the best at managing personalities, right. getting like huge personalities to how do you do that? <clears throat> to come together. Because you know, Mike was Mike, and it's easy for Mike because there's nobody else on that team that know. Scotty is not thinking he's as good as Mike Jordan and Ron Harper. I don't know about that, Scotty. Mike Scotty was probably just as that's the and that's the thing that like media I feel like don't like point out. You think Scotty thought he was just as good as Mike? I, not defensively, not defensively. Hey, we know what we know what Scotty is. But I'm talking a about score. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he. I think he felt like his impact was just as important. Wow. Yeah. Why wouldn't it be? Yeah, I'm not saying that's not. But I think when when I look at Shaq and Kobe, there are the there are the point there are the there are the defining point that Kobe said, "I'm just as good as this mofo, bro." Y'all, mm -hmm. y'all say whatever you want to say, and I understand what he is, but I'm just as good. Nobody is as dominant as Shaq. Yeah, they changed the rules for Shaq. Mm -hmm. That's just what's what's real. But when you look at, I mean, how old were you with Kobe? Kobe got to the league what about ninety six? Ninety six. He got in ninety six. You 11. came into so you can't 11. So you saw the maturation. You saw the guy that airballed the ball in Utah. Yeah. And then you see, like, hold on. Are you sure dude 18? Are you sure he's 19? And then at, at 20, 21, 22, 22, he's got a third championship. His body changed. He locked in come to a completely different level. Yeah, he's, he's after, I guess, to me, he's the best player ever. Wow. Yeah. He is. You got Kobe over Mike? That's just my favorite player. Right. But, I mean, I, Mike is in a completely different, he's by himself. Right. 
Um, but if I have to say, Kobe is the best player ever. When, when you uh, when you said uh, you you texted him, Kobe legend. Say you texted Kobe a photo of him <laughs> shooting over three people, and Kobe says, "Means someone should, <laughs> should, have, should have an easy putback if I miss." Yeah, he meant that. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. He, he laughed, but he was dead ass serious. Right. Because, again, like you said, those teams that he was on, he probably felt that, you know, they they could get the putbacks. Right. He felt like his his shot was the best shot, even if it was on three or four people. I mean, how, I mean, when you look at – when I look at the NBA now, it's like when Kobe came, the Jordan shoe was the lick. Yeah. Now it seems to be the Kobe shoe – is the what the Jordan shoe used to be to the NBA players today. Yeah. Am I correct in that? Uh, I think on the court for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Kobe, Kobe's shoe is, you know, the shoe to wear. And I believe it's probably that because I feel like Jordan limit the type of shoes that he let the players wear. Now, really? If he, if, if he let players wear like the retros and all that, then, you know, it might be a little bit even. But, I mean, Kobe sh- Kobe's shoes are more comfortable yeah because he don't really let him wear the like the jordan he wear he let him wear the jordan line he don't let him wear that old stuff the stuff that he actually wore fact that's yeah well he tried to sell the jordan line he ain't really tried to the retro (laughs) the retro the nike thing they're gonna do they're gonna do that they're gonna sell regardless right i need y'all to get some of these these jason tatum and this this other stuff exactly 
November is here, and we're in the heart of football season. Basketball and hockey are just getting started. So many games to watch on any given day. But wouldn't it be better if they were live? The best way to get tickets to any of these games this month is on Game Time, the fastest growing ticket app in the U.S. Game Time is obsessed with finding ways to help save you money on tickets. You can find exclusive deals and sponsor deals on games and concerts daily. With Zone Deals, you pick the section and Game Time picks the seats for big time savings. And with Game Time Guarantee, you will always get the best price. If you find a ticket in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So take the guesswork out of it. Buying tickets at game time. Create an account. Redeem code SheShe for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, download the game time app and enter the code SheShe, S-H-A-Y, S-H-A-Y for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets. Lowest price guaranteed. What was your <laughs> second stint? Because now you play with Braun, A.D., Russ, mm-hmm. Mello, Austin Reeves, Dwight. Dwight. I mean, what was that second stint with the Lakers like? And how different was it from the first stint? Uh, the first time I was there, uh, I was, you know, really young. I was 22. Right. 23. And I was, I had something to prove, right? Like, coming in at my 18th season, you know, I've done all the proving that I can prove. And my role was completely different at that time. So, you know, it's, it's two different situations. Um <clears throat> The organization has always been great, always was great to me. Um, but, you know, the roles or, you know, what I was asked to do was completely different right. at, at the two different times. Why didn't it work? What the fucking, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you got all players that are like, you know, vets, super vets. Right. You know, super, super vets. And you're asking players to do things that are at a right age that they didn't do in their younger age. You're not, you can't ask Melo to go dive on the floor for a, lo- <laughs> for a loose ball or, or, you know, chase Anthony Edwards around for right. 40 minutes. Right. You know, you, he just not, you, you're not going to get that out of him. You right. know what I mean? So you're not going to ask Dwight to come off the bench and only play 15 minutes right. when in his mind he feels like he can contribute more. That's, right. that's, that's just a tough thing to do. You're not getting Brian off the court. Right. That's never going to happen. Right. Uh, so when you have things like that and all those elements um, in that form, it, it's hard to win. Hard to win. Russ, Russ's dream was to come back and play for the Purple and Gold. Mm-hmm. OKC, Houston, Washington. That was great. The triple-double, the first guy to average a triple-double since Oscar. Mm-hmm. He won an MVP in OKC. They had an OK, they had a, 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 a decent season in Houston, you know, ended up going to the bubble. You know, it happened. He goes to Washington, averaged two more triple-doubles. He's a killer. He comes to L.A. So much fanfare. You got Braun, you got A.D. and Russ. Mm-hmm. Why didn't it ru- work with those guys and the criticism was it unfair the amount of criticism that Russ received? Absolutely. Russ, every single night, he put his hard hat on. He does everything that you ask of him. Every single time. They were asking him to go play in the dunker spot. He was doing that shit. So, But that's not, that's not, that's not his game. Right. So like I said, when you put anybody in a situation where you have Bron on the team, he's not coming off the rock. Right. So... Russ 
as a point guard. Right. He plays. He needs the ball. So why did it? So why make that move when you know Bron needs the ball? Russ knows that he needs the ball. So there's only one. Yeah, I, I, this ain't pool with a bunch of balls on the table. <laughs> <laughs> Basketball, you got one. That's, see, that's that's. I'm glad I don't have that issue and I don't got to worry about that. I don't uh, constructing the team or putting the team together. Right. I never had that problem. If so. you were general manager, would you like? Would you have put this team together? Uh, it depends on why. If it's to sell tickets, yeah. Yeah. No, you got to win that. Ain't no tickets. You in the Lakers. You had to win a championship. You know what's, you play for the Purple and Gold. You know what it's about. Yeah. And nah. you know how those fans are. Right. And the fans don't care. The one thing being in LA, what I've noticed, the fans don't give a damn what you did at another organization. What you going to do for us? Yeah. You won MVP over there? Fine. You won championships over there? Fine. Now, what you going to do for the Purple and Gold? What did Russ average when he was there? I think, what? 18, 7 and 7. What's wrong with that? That's 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 all-star numbers anywhere else. Right. That's not that people are people are getting the max off that. Right. So, nah, you can hit the criticism. But that's not what that's what not what they expect. You know what expectations are. Yeah. You can't expect Braun to average 27, 7 and 7. And Russ average a what? A triple double. <laughs> triple double and AD, and AD average, average 26, 12 and that's then Melo averaged 18, 7, and whatever. That's unrealistic. That's like playing in a video game. Right. So somebody should have had it, like been willing to like alter. He And he was, and he did. He's, and he got all the criticism for it, you know? His game hasn't changed right. throughout his career. Lil Wayne recently said and uh, that in order the Lakers need to trade, Anthony Davis said to win a championship. And I guess AD must have heard it. <clears throat> got the braids out, got the fro going, <laughs> and he been lighting folk up. Yeah, I mean, sometimes it takes for somebody like that or people that you admire to like get in your shit so for you to understand that you know you gotta be as hungry as you need to be right. to for it to work. Um, AD is a special, special, special player, and sometimes. Um, he don't always show that he's special, uh, yeah. but this year he been he been doing what he's supposed to do so far. I agree with you because I, sometimes I don't think AD realized just how special he is mm -hmm. because I remember what he did to Jokic in the bubble. I remember what he I've seen him go get fifty points against Joel Embiid. I'm getting mm -hmm. forty points against Giannis, yeah. and then the next night he come give me eleven. Mm -hmm. And see, AD got upset when Laker fans and a lot of analysts criticized him. They say AD. How you give somebody one rebound in the first half and no points in the second half and think you're supposed to escape criticism? Under what planet, under what scenario, a player... And AD was top 70... Damn. <laughs> now that I think about it, AD was top 75. Right, yeah. And you give us one rebound in the first half mm -hmm. and zero points in the second half, and you're supposed to say, oh, man, that's, that's all right, man. It's you not good man. enough. No. It's, it's unacceptable. Period. There's no questions about that. It's unacceptable. On no planet should AD ever have one rebound and then no points. It's just unacceptable. LeBron James is the oldest, current oldest player in the NBA. I mean, what? I mean, Trev, you play, I mean. 1B. Kobe 1A. <laughs> 1B. How? How is he able to play at this level for such a long... We, we've seen guys have peaks. Yeah. 
but they peak and this dude, the dude got here and stayed there. I mean, he's like a plane. He yeah. got to a comfortable cruising altitude and stayed there. Right. He, he's like, I mean, I used to have this joke with my friends that he was like, he was created in the lab. He not even, he's not a real person. <laughs> so that's how. I mean, when you're like, obviously you guarded him a number of years. Yeah. What was your mindset? What are you trying to, what are you trying to do? How uncomfortable are you trying to, what are you trying to take away? Just him getting in the paint, him getting downhill. Cause if he's in the paint, he's disrupting everything. Cause he, he can finish at the he rim, can finish, he can kick, he could pass. He's strong as a motherfucker. So he has all the tools. You know, the only thing that you can possibly say is that his jumper is streaky. Right. And you want to keep him out the paint. Right. When you played against him in high school, yeah. in your wildest imagination, even though he, they had, had him on Sports Illustrated and chosen one, did you think he'd be this good? Uh, I didn't. I I thought he would be this good. I just didn't know how fast that was gonna happen. You right. could you you just see it, like <clears throat> some players are just completely different. Like he's built like you, and he run <laughs> <laughs> and he get up and down the court like like T.J. Ford did. Right. You know, T.J. Ford is a small, quick guard. Right. So like, you just see it. What's the what's the forget on the court because I think in order for the game is what you do off the court. Yeah. So from a practice standpoint, from a training standpoint, what are some of the similarities and some of the difference that you notice that Kobe did and Bron did? Uh, it's the work for sure. Like the amount of work that they put in is the same. Um, Bron will be doing work that you don't even know, like at home or like offsite. And then he'll still be at the gym before everybody on the court, then he'll be in the training room getting his body right. Then he'll be getting jumpers up after the game. Then he'll, I mean, after practice, then he'll be back in the, the training room or in the weight room stretching. So, you know, the amount of work that he puts into the game is, you know, pretty much similar. The person is just different. They're different? Yeah. What's the biggest differences? Bron is more, Bron is like more personable. Person. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he, he, he's definitely more of a-, a Kobe give you the middle finger. He, yeah, he's like, <laughs> yeah. he's, a, he's. What age do you think LeBron's going to retire? Because here he is, he's, he's six weeks away from being 39 years of age, mm -hmm. and he's still playing at an unbelievable level. We saw him the other night go get 38, 12, and what, 6, 7 uh, against Phoenix. And we've seen him have these monster games, and he can still go off at any moment. Yeah. At what age do you think that it starts to noticeably dissipate I don't think he's still, I don't think he's as athletic. I think he can do some of the things, just not for as long a time, uh, a period, as he can do it. But what age do you think, like, 41, 42? I think he could do it for as long as he want to do it. And the way he takes care of his body and the mentality that he has, he probably could play till he's probably 45 if he wanted to. Yeah. Real. Well, if he played the forty-five, the record ain't gonna never be broken. It won't. He's, he, <laughs> I don't think. I don't think the things that he's done is they, nobody gonna catch that. I don't think nobody's gonna catch the points that he's gonna score. Wow. Yes. How long did it take for him to break? How long did Kareem record last? Kareem had the record for almost forty years. Kareem broke the record 
uh, in Vegas. Because yeah. back then, you know, they played. I mean, they was trying to grow the league. Yeah. And so he broke it against Utah, if I'm not mistaken, at Thomas and Mack mm-hmm. in 84. LeBron broke it in, what, March of March, March or April of 23? So almost 40 years. And then it's still going. Yeah. And he's still playing. Yeah. And he's still scoring a gang of points. Right. And nobody going to catch that. <laughs> you play. And the, the funny thing is, not only did, you know, you guys were, you know, played against each other in the NBA, but you played against each other in high school. Yeah. And your uncle said that Braun was overrated. And I guess somebody told him. I don't know about that. Oh, he just gave you 52 for no reason. I don't know about that. I mean, he's a fucking good player. <laughs> Yeah. Trav, you can't let him get a 50 piece on you. I mean, he t- I didn't let him. <laughs> Shit, you think I'm gonna let anybody do that? <laughs> yeah. he, that's what he did. You know, he was that special. So, you know, you, you can't take nothing away from what he did. So before you you hit, I mean, obviously, it's that there's I mean, there's starting to be social media, but it's not like it is now. Yeah. You heard about it. Right. And what are you thinking? It can't be that good. The way y'all talking about, oh boy, he should be in the NBA right now at 15, 16. He can't be that good. And then you see him. And you see him as a 15, 16-year-old. You're like, hold on. Man, let me see his birth certificate. Because mm-hmm. there ain't no way somebody built like that at 15, 16. Nah, you just, again, it, when you playing against elite talent, you see elite things. And right. he just was the most special out of special players. He was like the best X-Men. <laughs> <laughs> For real. <laughs> so, yeah. Kevin Durant, he said, at some point, y'all non-athletes going to realize that friends compete harder against one another. Fact. And LeBron agreed. I agree. Do you agree? A hundred percent. Because, like, it's just like having a brother. Mm-hmm. You're going to try to beat your brother at everything. Because I don't never want you to have bragging rights. You're never going to say that you did this to me. <laughs> so, yeah, you're going to compete harder against your friends, then you're going to compete. But why, why do the older guys seem to forget that every time Magic and Isaiah used to play each other, they would you know, give each other a kiss on the cheek. Mm-hmm. But Magic took his ass out the air. Mm-hmm. Jordan and Barkley were very cool. Mm-hmm. But they make it seem like they was fighting, you know, everything with bad boy Pistons and the Celtics or bad boy Pistons and the Bulls. Yeah. They, try to, they seem to forget that, you know, we had TVs. We saw it. Yeah. Uh, I think um, it's just... Then they, they, I feel like now they help each other up more. Mm-hmm. Um, they are bigging each other up more, which is not really a bad thing. But like, in terms of competing, you kind of don't want to let, you know, your right hand right. know no, which, no. yeah, what the left hand is doing. How has AAU shaped that? Because you played against LeBron, you yeah. know him. Mm-hmm. These guys now, they've been playing against each other since they're ten. Yeah. So how do I develop a rival? <laughs> how do I develop a dislike or a hatred versus the NBA? Well, the, those old guys? They see each other with no hey, you, you went traveling around like this. Mm-hmm. You saw each other at the McDonald's All American game. That was probably the only time that you really saw each other. Yeah. And so you went to one college. I mean, if you went to Duke, North Carolina, obviously you developed. Or I don't know who you're. You're right. What uh, USC? USC? Yeah. Okay. We get that. But these kids now, a lot of them play on the same high school team or the same AAU team. So how do I develop? How does Zion and John Morant, who played on the same AAU team, develop a rival against each other? Try to kick each other's ass right. every time they step on the court. Right. That's it. It don't, it don't, I mean, it don't stop. Like, you don't have to not be cool with them. Right. You know, but when you're in between those lines, you know, you, it's, I'm going to fucking eat all your food. <laughs> <laughs> so what are your thoughts on super teams? Uh, 
What's the super team? Uh, I mean, there have always been super teams. Yeah. But, I mean, the old guys seem to forget that. What were the Celtics, the big three Celtics, with Bird, Parrish, and McHale? They also had Dennis Johnson, who's in the Hall of Fame. Right. Uh, the Lakers. So what was uh, Kareem, Magic, and Worthy? Killers. Was that not a super team? But see, I seems that to me. That worked through a draft, though. But that's the thing. Yeah. Well, everybody, everybody ain't uh, 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 Jerry West. Mm-hmm. Everybody ain't Bob Myers. Everybody ain't, ain't, wasn't Coach Arback to be able to put a team together. Yeah, I hear that. I think, like, the difference now is players want to play with each other. Yes. More so than playing to play against each other. Right. Um, and that's probably the thing that irks older players. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're not on the same team early, I want to compete against you right. because you're my rival. And that's, right. I, I like the competition. You know, it's just like playing cards or dominoes, right? Like, I'm going to try to kick your ass on the domino right. table. You still my dog. Right. You still my boy. <laughs> well, I'm still going to go at you. And I think that's the difference in today's game than the errors right. before. What do you think about, for me, and I, I, I call some criticism, but I, I'm not afraid to say it. I believe, even in football, the players are more skilled. They're more athletic. Yeah. And today is called evolution. Players get bigger, faster, stronger. They jump higher. They shoot better. Yeah, they do. From deeper, from, you know, they shoot yeah. from half court now. You see Dane coming across half. If you're not at half court with him, he'll let it go. Yeah. yeah. Guys wasn't doing that. The right. game was completely different. Right. So I think that's. Older players have to let that go. But see, I, I think the old, older player think playing football, where they not as tough. I mean, being the tough. rules are different. Yes. Yeah, like being tough is, I guess, in, in your era of football, getting a concussion, <laughs> and getting your ass back out there on the next snap, right. putting, putting the Band-Aid over right. the helmet. So right. That, yes, <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. That, that, was, that was the physicality of it. Right. But that, but that I mean, be, I guess, I mean, would you consider being tough a skill? I, now it is. Um, it's a mentality that you got to have, and it's it's a little bit. I I, I you got to look at it different now. Like right. their tough is different from what our tough is. Right. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. 
It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.